this podcast is presented to you by Pastor Stormy Swan and Faith Christian Family Church in Lubbock, Texas. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com. All right, if you got your Bible, go with me to the book of Philippians chapter 2. Philippians chapter 2. Now, as you're turning there, remember one of the favorite passages in all the Bible that many people know is John 3, 16, For God so loved the world. So tonight we're just going to talk about For God so loved the world. Now, Last week, back in Matthew 5, we read where, where Jesus has called us to be the salt of the earth. In that same passage there, he said, we are to be the light of the world. And so when I read those passages, in no way are we to avoid the world or to opt out of the world. We are here strategically by God to advance his cause. Now, do you guys know that God's got a cause? It says in uh, John 18, it says, For this cause, Jesus came to the earth. And so we're here to fulfill Jesus' cause right here on this earth. And part of that is we're to be the salt and the light, okay? Look with me in, in Philippians 2. And let's go a little farther tonight. If, if you look, starting in verse 12, the subtitle above my, my uh, verse 12 says, Light bearers. We're called to be bearers of light. Now listen to what it says. Therefore, my beloved, as you have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and with trembling. Now it says a bunch in there. I've asked them to put the Amplified up here on the screen. I want you to see what the Amplified says, and I'm going to read it very, very quick. Look at this. Therefore, my dear ones, have you have always obeyed my suggestions. So now not only with the enthusiasm you would show in my presence, but much more because I am absent, work out, cultivate, carry out to the goal, and fully complete your own salvation How? With reverence and awe and trembling, self-distrust, with serious caution, tenderness of conscience, watchfulness against temptation, timidly shrinking from whatever may offend God and discredit the name of Christ. Now that's why at times it's very important to look at different references. And so when I read what the Apostle Paul's talking about, he's not in no way teaching that one salvation is dependent on me and you uh, working it out with our works, through our abilities. What he's telling us here, I believe, is salvation is expressed by the way ones live and our character. Salvation is expressed by the way I obey Jesus. And so that's what he's telling us here. That I'm going to have to work it out by the way I live and it'll show it. The proof of me being born again is it'll show up in the way I live. It'll show up in my character. Verse 13. For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. Now, God is the one that will give us the desires and the abilities. But in no way is it it's our strength, it's in His strength. That's Ephesians 6.10 where I begin to say, Okay, Father God, grace me. Strengthen me today. 
Help me to fulfill your will in my life. Verse 14. Do all things without complaining or grumbling and disputing or arguing. Now, when we get over and we do what he tells us not to do in verse 14, how many of you have found out that's the flow of the world? That's all the world wants to do is gripe and complain. And, and whether we're griping and complaining toward God or toward other people, God doesn't bless that stuff. So he's warning us here, don't let that be part of salvation. If you're born again, don't get into that. Don't act that way. Easier said than done sometimes, huh? Verse 15. That you become blameless and harmless or innocent, children of God without fault in the midst of a crooked and perverse generation. Right smack dab in the middle of the world. And he ends and says, among whom you shine as lights in the world. You and me, we're called to shine. The Amplified says right there for that verse, you are seen as bright lights shining out clearly in the dark world. So this is what Jesus has called us for. We're placed here strategically, like I said, to shine on the world, to bring light onto this world. Now here's a thought for you tonight. Can you imagine the condition of this place called earth if there were no Christians still here? I think about that at times and I think it's pretty rough at times right now with us here. But could you imagine how bad it would be if we weren't here? Now, in saying that, the church, which is us as believers is a constant thorn in the devil's side. We are a source of irritation and annoyance to him. And, and just because we're here, we create a heap of trouble for him that he doesn't like. He does not like believers knowing their power, their authority in the name of Jesus. Because you know what? If you don't know who you are in Christ, you're no threat to him. But when you start knowing the power and authority you have in the name of Jesus... He has to bow to that name. And so while we're here on the earth, guys, we represent Jesus here. Oh, man, I, I love the thought to think we are thorns in the devil's flesh. I, I really believe this at times when, when we wake up. You know what he says? Oh, no, they're awake again. They're awake again. You know what that's a result of? Just being a believer and understanding the name of Jesus. Now turn a couple pages back to your left to Romans chapter 14. Romans chapter 14. In saying that, guys, every one of us, we have kingdom purpose here on the earth. We're not here just to, to bide time, but we are here to impact this place. Romans 14, let's begin in verse 14. I know and am convinced by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself but to him who considers anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. Now, just breaking that down a little bit, if, if God put things here on the earth, they're here to use. Now, he's talking about food here. You're going to find out in this. And so 
if, if God put food here on the earth, he says, man, just before you eat it, bless it and sanctify it and give thanks for our daily bread, and it's going to be okay. But look what he goes on to say, verse 15. Yet if your brother is grieved, pain or feelings of hurt, because of your food, you are no longer walking in love. Now, the, the thing here is he's asking us to conduct ourselves by love. And he says that if we're eating things that would cause another one to be grieved, we're not walking in love. Now, many times we, we, we have the thought, well, I'll do whatever I want. I'll eat whatever I want. But if we look what he's saying there, and then in 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 8, verse 9, it says, don't be a stumbling block. Don't cause somebody else to stumble because of your, your, beha- your uh, behaviors and your actions. Don't be selfish. Now, there's things I can do, but ultimately, I don't want to be a stumbling block. And this is what he's warning us about here in verse 15. People are more important than food. Okay? Keep reading. Do not destroy with food the one for whom Christ died. Don't be the cause or the ruin of ones just over a meal. Therefore, do not let your good be spoken of as evil. Don't see someone stumble because of your diet. Is that possible? Yeah, there's things we can do as a Christian. It's just not in what I eat, but it's what I do. Now, you've heard me say this the last couple of weeks. I don't believe as a believer it's so much of what you say to other people. It's how you live. I mean, I said last week, the, the worst thing that we can do as believers is acknowledge Him with our mouth, but deny Him with our lifestyles. That's what an unbelieving world finds just incredible. And so even in this, guys, there's times in our life that I've got to look and say, I'm not going to be a stumbling block. I'm not going to be a stumbling block to people. Now look what he gets into in verse 17. For the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking. Wow. This is interesting that this is in here. The kingdom of God is just not about eating and drinking. Now in saying that, he's not telling us as believers to abstain from eating and drinking. But he is telling us that there's more to life to this and I can't allow these things to dominate me. I've said this for about a month now. The things of the world, even though they may seem harmless and innocent, the goal is to grip you, to lure you, to pull you away from God in any way that he can. Now look how he ends this passage here. For the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, the state which makes us acceptable God, and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. So when he tells us what he does here at the end, he says, this is what you ought to learn to crave. Not food, not drinking, but the things of the Holy Spirit. Is God against me eating? No. But how many of us can actually say, that I crave righteousness, peace, and joy more than I do certain foods or drinks. And so ultimately what goes on here is, is he's saying, 
Don't let any of these things, even if it's food or drink, don't let it dominate you. Now, to go a little deeper tonight, go with me to the book of uh, Luke chapter 17. Luke chapter 17. I should have kept reading some more there, but I didn't. It's about a couple more verses that really would have helped. Luke chapter 17. Start with me in, in verse 20. And the subtitle of this is the coming of, of the kingdom. Now when Jesus was asked or grilled by the Pharisees when the, the kingdom of God would come, he answered, and said, and the, answered them and said, The kingdom of God does not come with observation. It does not come with an outward show, and it does not come with a calendar. In other words, the, the Bible will give us some insight of the way the last days will look, but Jesus himself says not one person knows that day. The Bible's very clear also that the last day, it says that he'll come like a thief in the night. When people will least expect it. Verse 21. Nor will they say, see here or look here, or see or look there, for the kingdom of God is within you. Now, the next few verses, guys, verse 22, 23, 24, and even 25 are to live with a constant expectation and, and even a constant uh, readiness. Pick back up with me in verse 26. And as it was in the days of Noah, so also will it will be in the days of the Son of Man. So he gives me some insight. This is Jesus' words. He said, okay, listen, guys. This is how it was in the days of Noah. So it will be in the Son of Man, the time we live in. Right now, guys, what will it be like or what was it like? Well, verse 27, they ate and they drank. But remember what we just read, Romans 14 said, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but it's interesting right here that he throws in, they ate and they drank and they married wives and they were given in marriage until the day that Noah entered the ark and the flood came and destroyed them all. Guess what this means? They continued on in life as if nothing else would ever change. Now, I believe the things he begins to list right there, they became so dominated with the natural world that God was completely taken out of the equation. They got so busy eating and drinking and going to, to marriage. Is there things wrong with that? No. Unless they start dominating you where they're emphasized over and above God. Can that happen? Yeah, I, I believe it can happen. He wouldn't warn us if it didn't. Verse 28. Likewise, as it was also in the days of Lot, they ate and they drank. But the kingdom of God isn't eating and drinking. Now, here it is again. In both instances where Father God destroyed people of the world, the first two things mentioned were eating and drinking. In other words, these became a thorn in people's flesh. But is it wrong? To eat? No, it's not wrong. To eat, but there's something happens. Now keep reading with me what he says here. They bought, they sold, they planted, and they built. But on that day that Lot went out of Sodom, it rained fire and brimstone from heaven and destroyed them all. 
Now, all these things that are mentioned here, guys, every one of them, they're, they're not inherently sinful. There's nothing sinful about them, but he's telling us in a special way, these will characterize the end times. These things will begin to rise in new levels. The cares of this life, carrying on and having a good time, is what he's talking about. Now, in the three passages or the things we've referenced tonight, the kingdom of God is not in eating and drinking, what happened in Noah's days, and what happened in Lot's days, the eating and the drinking, I, I begin to think about this, guys, when I looked at that. What's the majority of our conversations and topics right now in our society? I mean, a lot of times, we just, we can't wait to tell each other what we're going to eat. Where are you going for lunch? What did you have last night? I'm just as guilty. I mean, hey, have you seen the new restaurants we're getting? And, and I think about even the topics that we see on TV, just in the commercials. We are bombarded with food. I mean, you look at, at, at Burger King, McDonald's, Chick-fil-A, the, the garden where they grow the olives, I mean, Red Lobster, all those places. I mean, they're always on TV. It's always right before you. And here's another one that the Lord brought up to me. Think about this. 20, 30 years ago, there wasn't that much on TV about cooking. Now there's a whole channel called the Food Network. And that dude on Man vs. Food, he's an eating machine. That's beyond the point. But still, you think about how much we're bombarded. Of, I mean, just constantly. Is it beginning to dominate? Yeah. And there's something behind that, guys. Now then we get over onto the drinking. You think even about the commercials on TV right now, we're bombarded with Coke, Pepsi, Mountain Dew, Dr. Pepper. You think about that. Now let's jump over to the energy drinks. Man, Gatorade, Red Bull, I'm, let's get amped up. You see that. Now listen to me here. Think about this. Even on Sundays when football's on or Saturdays, the majority of the commercials that are surrounded by football are on beer. Think about that. Budweiser, Coors, Miller Low Life, every one of those guys, and that's what they say. Look, 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 look. And so before long, guess what ultimately happens is we start getting drawn in by that stuff, and we hear it, and we hear it, and we hear it, but there's not much of a thought about it. He begins to warn us right here in these things, and yet Scripture itself says to us, the kingdom of God is not eating and drinking, but righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. So he's telling me, i got to keep my focus on this. Keep my focus on these. Don't let these things dominate you, no matter who you are. Verse 30. Even so will it will be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. So the same characteristics that got the folk in Noah's day, and the same characteristics that got the folk in lots of This is what's going to happen again, guys. I believe it's just to wake up to say, hey, come on. Come on, stay focused on the things of God. Now, turn over just a couple pages to Luke chapter 21. Luke chapter 21. In every one of these things mentioned, guys, there, there, there's an element, I believe, that's, that's unnatural. It's, it's oppressing. It's, it's, it tries to dominate. It's actually, I think, the best thing I can say about this 
It tries to get you unbalanced. How many of you have ever said this? Now, I've got to watch this because I borderline this too. I, I, I'm no good without a cup of coffee. My, di- my day's a wreck without a cup of coffee. Have any of you ever said that? Probably. I'm telling you right now, if I don't have a glass of orange juice, I'm cranky all day. You know what? If I don't have three Dr. Peppers, do we begin to see what, what we say out of our mouth, but yet once again, this stuff becomes so real. I can truthfully stand before you and tell every one of you here, the, the hardest thing for me to give up when I fast is coffee. I, man, I'm telling you, it, it puts me... In, in, a, in a state of almost depression, I am sluggish for three days usually. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And I realize, guess what happened? I've, I've be- let that stuff dominate me, and throughout the year, periodically, the Lord will say, uh-uh, none of that today. And you know what, my little flesh, it'll buck. No, i got to have it. Now, shut up. Get back in the closet. You're not getting any today. I, I'm telling you, every now and then, you gotta, that's why I think it's so important to fast. I believe that's why it's so significant. Now, years ago, and this will date some of us in here, DC Talk sang a song called Time is Ticking Away. And I'm not going to sing it, even though that bless you, but part of the lyrics that the guy in there, Toby Mac, sang on there, that he, he said that our morals are in decay. Human rights have made the wrong okay. Something's missing, and he goes on to say, and if you're asking me that something is the G-O-D, that's the lyrics. And I listened to that, and that was years ago, and when he sang that, you think, uh, morals are in decay, yeah. And human rights, we've made the wrong, yeah, because we have rights of human beings, and so the, the bottom line to me is, what about God's word? What about what God said for us to do? I can't allow this thing called the world to dominate me and act like, man, I can just get in the flow. But when you serve God as a believer, guess what? You're going upstream. That's why in Matthew 7, verse 13 and 14, he lists two gates. There's a narrow one and a broad one. Narrow is the gate that leads to life, but few find it. And broad is the road that leads to destruction, but many are on it. I can tell you right now, when you start going down the road of narrow, Jesus said they persecuted me and they're going to persecute you. But guess what? i tell you right now, I'm, I'm, too, I'm going to live by the book. Man, I'm going to say, okay, okay. Thank God I got a blueprint here. Now, I told you to go to Luke 21. We better get going or we're never going to get done. Luke 21, verse 34. The importance of watching. But take heed to yourselves... Be on guard. Now, would he tell us to be on guard if there wasn't something to be on guard about? No. Take heed to yourself. Least your hearts be weighed down. Least your hearts get over. And now, God deals with our hearts. That's what the Holy Spirit deals with. it. And he said, man, be on guard because if you're not, there's going to be some things that are going to try to weigh you down. What are those things? Listen to what he says. Carousing, drunkenness, woo, and cares of this life, and that day will come on you unexpectedly. Now, the Lord is, is giving warnings here, guys, of, of life's cares that seem like ordinary manner, ordinary matters. 
You know what the message says right there for carousing, drunkenness, and cares of this life? Parties, drinking, and shopping. And I thought, that defines America. We love to party, and we love to drink, and we love to shop. Now, you look at what he said, and what did he say? Take heed, take it, guard yourself, because he said, these things are going to try to weigh your heart down. Now, you can let the Word of God instruct you. I'm telling you, this book reads the same to me as it does to you, okay? You can let the Word of God move in your heart. Let it convict your heart. Verse 35, for it, that day will come as a snare on all those who dwell on the face of the whole earth. Watch, therefore... And pray always that you may be counted worthy to escape all these things that will come to pass and to stand before the Son of Man. Do you think the Lord would warn us, urge us to watch and pray if there wasn't reason? I believe this is what we got to get back to. We're saying, man, I I, got to pray, I got to stand. I gotta stand on the things of God. And and if things that we read about have dominate dominated you, start saying, Man, Father God, I need your help today. Grace me in this area, Lord. I, I want to live pleasing to you. And you say, Well, society says it's okay. I'm gonna tell you guys, you keep listening to society, they'll mess you up. They'll have you so goofed up. The only thing that I've found that never changes. And I've been serving God for 20, 30-something years now. I'm trying to think how old I am. The Word of God has never changed. When I read the book, thirty these scriptures never changed. That was why Jesus said, I'm the same yesterday, today, and forever. But the fads, the trends, the things, they're going to change. They're going to keep coming around. And I'm going to tell you, the things of this world are not only stronger right now than they were 30 years ago, but they're going to keep getting stronger. And the devil's goal is to use things as harmless and innocent as he can, even like food and drink, to lure you, to grip you, to dominate you. And ultimately, those things start weighing down your heart. Thank you for listening to the podcast. For more information, visit faithchurchlubbock.com.